Good morning. Good morning. All right, all right. Oh, man. At this age, it gets harder to celebrate those things. Thank you, brother. Quick quote this morning. Faith doesn't make things easy. It makes them possible. Smith Wigglesworth says, fear looks, faith jumps. Fear looks, faith jumps. Good morning. Good morning, church. If you're just joining us, we are, you've come at a great time. I'm glad you're here and I want to get right into it. For the last two weeks, we've been talking about our 2020 challenge of the year. We're not going to stop talking about that for a while. Just get ready for that. Our 2020 challenge, if you're new, if you haven't been listening, if you've been under a rock someplace, or if you're just visiting today, it's, it was, the challenge was to write a list of 20 things this year that we're believing God for. Amen. When you hear us talk about our 20 list, that's what that is. And I, I want to kind of clarify some things. This is not a wish list of 20 things we want God to give us. This is not a name it and claim it list of 20 things that we think we're entitled to. If we're honest in our sin, all we're entitled to is death. But God gives us grace. Amen. So I just wanted to clarify this even further today and, and testify. Let me let you know that in my house, one very impossible thing has already been checked off. I'm talking impossible thing. Checked off. And it's only, we're only on like week two or three. Can you be encouraged by that? Impossible things. So it's a list of 20 things that we're willing <coughs> to partner with God over. So I, I want to I really make this deep. It's a, to understand the deepness of it. It's, it's 20 things that we're willing to partner with God over. What does partnering with God mean? That means praying, asking, seeking, knocking, Matthew 7, right? It's 20 things that we're willing to take steps of faith towards. Too often we pray and don't do anything. 20 things that we're, we're believing God for. 20 things that can only happen if God is involved. Okay? So too many people, listen, I hear this all the time. You're praying for things that you're able to do. And, and blaming God when they don't happen. When God has already equipped you to do the thing that you're asking Him to do. So if you can do it on your own, take it off your list. Come on. In essence, what we're doing this year is we're bringing 20 empty jars that only God can fill. I had to go back and hear the challenge that J. Cruz brought the first week of the year. And it's a challenge, man, to step out in faith, to believe that God can meet you. It's a challenge to grow in faith. At the start of every year here, we, we always like to present some kind of challenge that can help us or force us beyond January, when most of our resolutions have already been forgotten, right? Toward the middle of January, like the gym thing, all right, maybe next year, we'll, we'll, 
<laughs> I mean, it's like, it's already third week in January. I'm not going to start now. Right? Anybody? Come on, man. It's not going to start now. But next year, man, 2021 is going to be the year. Six-pack. Amen? So, so we like to have a challenge that kind of pushes us past January. Sometimes we start the year with a fast, and that's never a wrong thing to do. Fasting is a great practice. It teaches you to deny your flesh so that you can better walk in the Spirit. Amen? It brings you in touch with the Spirit of God. Some people fast food. Some fast the things that they're their favorite things. Some fast social media. That is all good. Some years we've chosen a word and we've said, God, we, we've prayed and we asked God to give us a word so that God could use that word to shape us and mold us for the entire year. And that has been a practice that has rocked a lot of our lives. Amen? Those are all good practices. You should still do those things. They help you draw closer to God. For, for some of the things on your list, you might have to fast. For some of the things on your list, you might have to, to, to go deeper. You might have to ask God to give you a word to hold you for, for that time, right? But the challenge that was presented to us to start at, at, of this year was more than just learning and more than just listening. It's about walking. Amen? Aren't you tired of just not doing anything? Aren't you tired? Don't you want like, to be your faith to be activated? Don't you want to walk like the people walk that you read about in the word? This is boring. See, too, too often, it, 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 I believe what God wants us, He wants us to put, to put feet to our faith. Too often, Christians are too busy putting feet to their fears. We're quick to run away. We're quick to quit. We're quick to avoid. We're quick to defer or quick to criticize those that don't. God is calling the bride this year to put feet to their faith. Amen? Come on. And so in the passage that was shared about the widow's oil, that's in 2 Kings 4. If you haven't read it, you can read it real quick while I'm talking. It's only, it's only a couple of verses. The prophet Elisha, now don't go there, hold on. The, the prophet Elisha told the widow who, because then you're just going to check Instagram. You're going you're gonna to trick me. So just stay with me for a minute. Stay with me. Stay with me. The prophet Elijah told the widow who had nothing but a little oil to go and collect empty jars from all of her neighbors and to bring them home. And that's what we're doing this year. We're gathering jars and we're bringing them before God by faith, knowing that we only have but a little and the little that we have could never fill the jars that we're bringing. Are you getting a good picture of this? So if you're not on board yet, get on board. Why 20? I love the idea of 20 because if we only said, get three or four things that you're believing God for, by nature we tend to be selfish. And so if it was only three or four, it'd be all about me. God says, give me, because God is so abundant, because God has such a, a, an endless account. He said, give me 20, because once you start settling your own stuff, then you run out of things. Anybody? You start feeling selfish. I can't keep, I can't keep asking for me. And so now you start to understand the heart of God, and you start to say, you know what? I'm going to give one of my 20. God, one of my 20, I want that brother to be blessed. One, you know, as part of one of my 20, I want that family to see some ministry, to see some blessing this year. I want poverty to be lifted off of that family. I want this guy to be blessed. Amen? Amen. 
So I got to give away. Isn't that an amazing that you could give away some of your 20? If God says, I'll give you 20 things this year, and, and, and you're saying, because I want to have the heart of God, I'm going to give some of my 20 away. That's the body of Christ. Then we're having church, amen? We just went through, at the, at, at the end of the year, we went through the book of James, and, and, and with that taught us that faith works. It means faith does things. Faith shows itself not in what it says, but in what it does. Amen? James 2, in the message, it puts it this way. Dear friends, do you think that you'll get anywhere in this if you learn all the right words but never do anything? Does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has it? Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? He's saying, you, you, you have faith without work is dead. Amen? So let me give you a wake-up call. If your Christianity is all work and behavior modification, if you're just trying to be a good boy, grow up already. If serving the Lord is just hard and dull and boring, you're probably not serving the Lord. That's uncomfortable to hear, I know. But if that's all it is to you, if that's all your Christianity is, I'm just trying to be a good boy. I'm just trying to stop cursing so much. I'm just trying to not do this. I'm just trying to not do it. I'm just trying to modify my behavior. That's boring. When you understand, when you get the realization that the spirit of the living God is inside every believer... That, that we can ask for direction and correction and protection. And we can be led by God to step out in faith and believe God for something. That's what this list is all about. It's the children of God saying, Father, I'm trusting you with this this year. Think about the items on your list. I'm trusting you with this this year. I'm trusting that you're going to work this out. For me this year. I'm trusting you with this. Now, I know that your ways are higher than my ways, and I know that you know better. So, and I know that you might have a better this than the this that I'm asking you for. Are, are we open? And so I'm believing you for, and I'm okay with your better this. <laughs> Pastor Gary testified there last week, the other week, he said, uh, I, he, he was praying to God and he, and he told God, I'd be okay with at least this. But God had a better this. Amen? God always has a better this. We just have to sometimes let go of the this that we're holding on to. Ah, come on, man. Come on, come on. So last week we started a new series for the quarter. We titled it Impossible Things. And that's just what we're going to be talking about for the whole first quarter. We're just going to keep talking about how in the scriptures there were so many impossible things that God did for and through people. And as we hear and go through what the word tells us, I believe that just because the word says faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of Christ. So that the more we read, the more we study, the more we hear, even though the little that we have is not enough to fill the jars that we're gathering in the natural by faith the only limit that we have is the limit that we set for ourselves see I want you to understand God is not a tight-fisted miser he's a good good father 
In Matthew, after he tells us, ask and seek and knock, he says this in Matthew 7, 9, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, would give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those that ask of him? Amen? I like to, I like to say it this way. God is extravagant. He's limitless. He's powerful. His capacity endless. He's resourceful. His love relentless. His heart is gracious. His compassion so deep it's bottomless. He's omnipresent means he's everywhere. Wherever you might find yourself today, turn around, he's right there. Nothing can separate us from his love. When man first fell, he came all the way down from above, left his throne so that you and I wouldn't have to be alone. There's nothing he won't do. He's reckless. Of all the created things, for some reason, he loves us. He's immeasurable, uncountable, incalculable. That's gospel. He's unceasing, unending, everlasting. He's interminable, perpetual. He's unfailing. He's boundless, exhaustible, continuous, unbroken. My thesaurus is empty and I'm not done describing him. He's the God who hears. He's the God who sees. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they bring comfort to me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy this is psalm 23 now not me you anoint my head with oil you cause it to overflow your goodness and mercy follow me wherever i go god your grace is overwhelming you're a good good father and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever amen somebody come on come on See, when you read the scriptures and you read these eyewitness accounts of the people who walked with him and and think about the things that were recorded and all the things that weren't recorded. The book of John says that if everything was written that he did with the world couldn't contain the books. You can't help but have your faith increased. You can't help but have your thoughts lifted. Amen? Amen? Look at the miracles that were recorded. Jesus' first miracle, he turns water to wine. He makes more of what they ran out of, and he makes it better than what they had. (laughs) How many of you need that new wine this season? New. You guys, some of you are asking for the wrong wine, but... See, in the, how about this one? In the middle of nowhere, he takes a few loaves and fish and he feeds 5,000 men and their families. I love this, this encounter. The disciples, watch this, even though they walked with Jesus, they thought like us. Amen? Let me show you. They said Jesus had been ministering and it's getting later. In the day, and they've been with him for hours. They had been following him, and the huge crowd had gathered. They had come from everywhere. He had just done something else, and they follow. And and this this that huge crowd is there. And so the disciples say, "Hey, uh, Papi, we better. um, It's getting late. You better send these people away, or they might think we're going to feed them. And we're in the middle of nowhere. We got no. There's." We can't feed all these people. So maybe you should send them away. And the word said, Jesus had compassion on them. And he said, 
Let's feed them. He turns to the 12 guys and he said, let's, let's feed them. And the guys thought like we thought. They said, um, um, no. See, his, his heart is so compassionate. He, he's, he's, the Isaiah 55 describes him. He says, come, all who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. That's just the heart of the Father, right? But the disciples said, we don't have enough. We don't have to feed all these people. And so Jesus says, well, what do you have? Just like Elisha asked the widow, what do you have? She said, I have nothing but a little oil. And the disciples said, all we have is five biscuits and a two-piece. Five loaves and two fish. Five biscuits and a toothpiece. Philip, in the book of John, he must have been the one that calculates everything. He says, um, 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 Papito, it, it would take more than a half year's wages to buy enough bread for everyone here to just have a bite. That's a problem. That's how we think with God sometimes, right? We say, God, that's impossible. Jesus said, let's feed them. Disciples said, that's impossible. Even if we had, it would take all this money. Even if, we, even if we had a place, there's no Walmart, there's no BJ's, there's no Costco here in the middle. We can't buy bulk. We can't. Even if we had a half a year's wages, it would only be enough for everybody to get a bite. Be like a little communion. And that's us, right? They, they were thinking like, uh, we say, we can't accomplish this. We don't have the means. You, we don't have the provisions. We don't have the qualifications. Am I sounding like some of you right now? We don't have the capability. We don't have the capacity to accomplish such a thing. They were thinking like we've been thinking lately. Why, why would God, why would you even do that for them? Anybody have been struggling with that when they're writing their list? Why would you, why would I put this? Why would you even do this for me? Some of us have been struggling with that. Why? Why would you even? Can I tell you something? God blesses us not because we're good, but because he's good. God blesses us not because we earned it, but because he paid for it. The disciples said, all we got is five biscuits and two fish. And Jesus uses this opportunity to model something. Watch this. I want you to really, really see this. I don't know if you've thought of it thought of it this way if you've read this passage first thing he does jesus takes what they had and he gives thanks for it thanking the father for what they have and for what's not there yet imagine how crazy he looked five thousand men that means they're estimating probably 10 to fifteen thousand people because in that time you counted the men. So, but even just imagine 5,000, imagine 500 men, hungry guys, right? Iron sharpens iron guys, you know, 100, three, 300, right? Imagine 300 men, you got five loaves and two fish, and y'all are hungry. Come from Watson, you're hungry. You've been, you've been in the Bronx, so you, it's hung, you're hungry. Now imagine Jesus saying, okay, let's, Let's just, God, we just thank you for these five pieces of bread, five butter rolls from the corner store, two fish sticks. 
Father, we just thank you. And we thank you for what you're providing for all of these hungry men. Side note, if you want to unlock something powerful in your life, learn to give God thanks for the little that you have. While you're thanking him for what you don't have. While you're thanking him for what you need, thank him at the same time for what you already have. Because if we're honest, we probably don't even deserve the little we have. I know, not you guys, but, you know, this, is, this has to go global, so, you know. If we can learn to be grateful, we'll unlock something powerful in your life. Listen to this quote. Gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance. It turns chaos into order, confusion to clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast. It can turn a house into a home. It can turn a stranger into a friend. Gratitude unlocks fullness. Wow. Some of you can walk away with that today. That's all you need it. Gratitude unlocks fullness. So Jesus gives thanks for, the, for what they have, and then he breaks it, and he gives it to the disciples to hand, to hand out. Two things I want you to think about here. Number one, can you imagine the feeling of having to walk into the crowd <laughs> knowing that all you have is a little bit of bread and a little bit of fish? Jesus told them, have them all sit down in groups. And, and he says, now go, go feed them. And he gives the disciples these baskets to distribute. Can you imagine the feeling of stepping down now? I'm going to go feed all of you with a couple of fish and a couple of fish sticks. A couple, a little, a couple of butter rolls. And so imagine the feeling of saying, um, you really want me to do this? Like for real. <laughs> I'm going to walk out there to that group with this. Because the miracle hadn't happened yet. You, you understand? So, so they had to take steps of faith with what they had. Can you imagine that feeling knowing all you had was a little? <clears throat> and Jesus is telling you to go. I, can I be honest with you? I feel that way as a pastor sometimes. I wrestle. I say, God, I don't, I don't have but a little to give them. I don't know. I, don't, I can't. This week, man, the other week we had a great week. I don't know this week if I have anything. I got a couple of crumbs left, right? Right, right Pastor E, sometimes we feel the man. I don't know if I can do this again. I don't know if I have. But you have to step out with the little and trust that God is just going to provide. That God's going to give everybody what they need. Amen. Second, second thing here. So, 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 so imagine that feeling having to step out. In faith, knowing you don't have enough, but trusting that he does. Second feeling. Can you imagine the feeling when you actually step out and you start putting baskets in people's hands and the things start getting distributed and the baskets don't end and the baskets don't run out? Can you imagine the feeling? You're, you're passing it along and you give it to Melissa, you give it to Neil, you're passing it along, and, and you think, man, Melissa took a lot there. She should have, you know, been a little chill with that. I don't know. But, and then, oh, you're going to take that many fish too. Oh, my God. And, and then this one, and then you pass it, and then Robert just grabs like a handful, right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, but imagine, but now imagine, though, the basket not emptying. 
Imagine now, all of a sudden, you pass two rows and you're like, I know I didn't have enough for row one. I know row two was a stretch. Row three was a miracle. And there's still 4,980 people to feed. But my basket still got stuff. (laughs) Can, Can you imagine... What happens when you know you only had a little? Can you imagine what that feels like? Can I share with you what that feels like? Because I got a couple of those stories. I tell these stories a hundred times and I'll tell them a hundred more. Because, because they don't give me glory, they give him glory. We built this stage. Here you go, say, oh, that stage story. Yes. We built this stage with a hole in it for a baptistry. We didn't have the money for a baptistry. We had about 46 people here in church. The chairs were real spread out. We didn't have a big church. It was little. We didn't have no money to spend on a bath. We put a hole in the stage because one day we were going to baptize Noel and his whole family. And we were excited. But we didn't know. We put a hole. And what happened? Within two weeks, I get a phone call from a a Korean church I've never heard of before. And I never spoke to a day after again. They called me and they said, Pastor, we just bought a new church building that God gave us. And it already has a baptistry. But we had bought one here. And we don't want to leave it could you possibly use a baptistry tank um who's this all you need is get a truck and go get it i grabbed three guys in a truck 80 dollars, and we went and got it we came here with four or five guys we lifted it up here and we dropped it in a hole and it fit exactly no carpentry no it just it just fit and we put a cover on and we said bam I'm waiting for that family to come 10 years later to just baptize all of them and change their lives. Amen. Let me tell you what it feels like. We built next door. We, we designed next door. And we said we want this and we want this. And we built, we put a hole next door for a grand kitchen. You guys, if you've been back there, you know that's a pretty big kitchen. When I was designing the specs, they said, that's really big. I said, yeah, I want a big kitchen. I'm going to put a hole for a big kitchen. I, they said, yeah, but you know what it would take to fill a big kitchen? I said, I don't care what it would I don't know. I didn't have money for this. I don't care. We, so we put a hole for a big kitchen what happens a member in the church all of a sudden tells me this is once we get the sheetrock up and once we we get everything kind of squared away and we design that thing is a kitchen there's plumbing to it there's electric where it needs to be but there's not a stitch of kitchen in it you, you understand sheetrock and dust but by faith We put a hole for a kitchen. Somebody in the church, a member in the church says, you know what? I just bought a brand new house. I just bought a house and I love it. The house is beautiful, but I'm redoing my kitchen. But guess what? Everything in the kitchen that's there is beautiful, high-end appliances. The cabinets are solid wood. They're still good. They're just not my preference. Do you want them? Again, I take a day off. I get in a U-Haul. 80 bucks, $100, whatever. I bought a big one this time. And I went with my old man, Jose, and we went and tore that kitchen out and put it in this truck. Brought it here. And if you haven't been next door to check out that kitchen, you know that's high end. That's a lot of money, that kitchen. But when you make a space for God, he fills it. <laughs> when you make space for God to move, he moves. Because God can't resist faith. 
He can't resist humility. He can't resist faith. He can't resist dependent. That's what he calls. He's a good father. Which of you, if your father asked for a fish, would give him a snake? And we're wicked. We'd get the fish on credit, even if we didn't have it, because we want to get the kid to have what he, right? God is, oh, come on. So, so, so back to the fish story. John 6, 11, it says, Jesus provided as much as they wanted. Are, are you hearing me? As much as they wanted. That means if there were men there that said, you know what? I got, I got my cousin Flaquito and Luquita and Gordito and, and um, um, Negrito from the corner. You know, I'm going to bring back some fish for him because I need some. And so if you have people like that in the group, because there's always people like that in the group. Amen? If there were some Hispanics in there, you know we took bags to go home. We put that joint in our sandals and we left with bread and fish. In the joint to take back home. So it, it says as much as they wanted. Matthew 14, 20, it says they all ate and were satisfied. We got to let go of this barely enough Christianity. Jesus did not just meet the need. He lavished them with so much that there were 12 baskets full left over. Mark six forty three. Now listen, there's a lot of good, educated, scholarly study on why 12 and why... I, I'm a little sarcastic. I like to think Jesus was just showing them, here's one basket for each of you disciples to show you that if you would be a blessing with the little that you have, I'll make sure there's always enough for you. Can anybody receive that today? Proverbs 11 says, a generous person will prosper where whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Somebody receive that today. Amen. There's a power at work within the believer that walks in faith that is immeasurably, exceedingly abundant. That's just the nature of God. That's who he is. Our obedience or our disobedience can change his character. The only thing it can change is our outcome. The disciples had to play a part in that miracle. They had to participate in the provision. They had to step out into the field with but a little in their baskets, believing God was going to do something with it. The miracle took place in the walking. Some of you haven't seen a miracle because you haven't walked. The miracle takes place in the stepping out. The miracle doesn't happen here at the church or here at the altar. The miracle happens when you walk it out. The miracle took place when you're taking steps of faith, believing God's going to fill what you didn't have enough to fill. Come on, somebody. The widow in the passage, she had a choice. She, she knew she was facing a very painful situation. They were going to take her kids from her so that they could, they, kids could work to pay off the family debt. That's just how that culture did things. So she was at the end of a rope. She had nothing else. When Elijah asked her, what do you have in your house? She said, your servant has nothing but a little oil. That means she was at rock bottom. Somebody, if you've been there, say amen. Now, so, scripture doesn't tell us anymore. So, so, so we, can't, we can only imagine, but it's... It's okay to imagine some things as long as we don't preach it as gospel. Amen. Scripture doesn't tell us, but maybe she had sold everything else she owned. Maybe she had already used up everything she could. Maybe she had already 
tried everything she could. How many of us, we try everything before we come to God? Maybe she had tried everything else that she could to put off the debt collectors. Maybe she was coming to the prophet because she believed in God. Or maybe, I'll submit this, maybe she was coming to the prophet because she was mad at God. Read the story again. She said, your servant, my husband, is dead. It depends on how you read it, right? You know that your servant was a follower of the Lord. All you got to do is a little head twist with it and it changes. You know. Have you ever been so mad at God because it feels like he's the one to blame for the situation you're in? Even though more than likely he's not. If you have, wouldn't it sound like this woman? My husband is dead. And you know he followed God. While everyone out here is following false gods, all these pagan nations, you know he followed the God of Israel, your God. Now, again, we don't know the whole story. We don't know why or how the husband had died. We don't know why this man of God left his, his family unprovided for. That, that's unbiblical. We don't know that the scriptures, because the scriptures doesn't give us, don't give us any more details. Probably because all God wants us to get from here is that whether or not the woman came angry, whether or not she came as a believer in the beginning or not, she somehow found the faith to be obedient to what God was telling her to do. And God blessed her in that. Come on, somebody. She participated in the provision. Not only her, but through her, her neighbors became participants in the provision. Worship team, you guys can come. The neighbors lent her jars. The neighbors were probably bochinchando once she left. She, they were probably all this gossip. Yo, um, they, they probably got on the, you know, the cell phones back then. They were real big. They probably, yo. Did, did Maria come to your house asking for, for jars? Is she bugging or what? Did you see? Did you see that? You see what she, what she was wearing? She looked like she was a little like down and out, right? Like she didn't have nothing, right? And, and did she come? But now the neighbors had to partake. They said, oh, yeah, no, I gave her three. But I mean, I don't know what she's going to do with empty jars. <laughs> she's kind of, she, she lost it. Maybe she lost it. No, yeah, I gave her four jars. And, and maybe they were talking. Maybe they were back and forth. Maybe they started a group chat and they were just chatting each other. No, I, yeah, I let her four jars. But now, and when the miracle happens, she's texting them back. She says, listen, I got jars for sale. Who needs oil? And she was rich in oil. She was rich in what she lacked. She participated in the provision. Jason, would you come? Um, um, come, I'm, gonna, I'm bringing Jay Cruz up to close this thing. In, in this passage, just like the previous one, she played a part in her provision. She believed God for something and he used her to bring, he used her faith to bring it about. Church, what do we believe in God for this? What are we making space for this year? And how will we participate in the provision that God has promised us? Amen. Come on. So we want to issue you this challenge again. Maybe you weren't here a couple of weeks ago on the first Sunday of the year. Maybe you were and you still don't believe that this is for you. Maybe you feel, I haven't earned it yet. Maybe next year I'll do it. Maybe you feel that it's not your time. But I'm telling you right now with everything inside of me, 
it is your time. There is a miracle season that we've been preparing for for the better half of an entire year. This is the season. A few months ago, we even talked about, I remember um, Minister Josh talked about preparing for the harvest. Do you remember that? And he was talking about the harvest, the harvest, the harvest, the harvest. What happens when you plant seeds? What will eventually come of that? There is going to be a season of growth and crop. We're in the season of growth and plucking. We need to pluck these miracles. God is saying, I gave it to you. I preached this before and I'll say it again. What good is it to grow this miraculous, beautiful, filled crop if we let it rot outside in our garden? If we let it rot in the fields and don't grab it? There are things that we've put on our list that some of us have already put on our list. Like like I told you, they're already scratched off, right? I'm not going to go into details, but there are things that are already, I'm already seeing miracles that are happening in my own family that let me tell you something. There is no way, no way that when I wrote this or when my family wrote their list, that that's when God did it. Because the outcome took years in the making. So what if this list is not a God give me, but more so God saying, believe what I already have in store for you. And 20, don't harp on the 20 because 20 is just God stretching us because most of us couldn't get past seven, right? Um, The magic number, by the way, the way I prayed that about God, don't let them sleep, obviously, you guys are mad at that. I'm getting DMs at 1 and 30 in the morning, 2 in the morning, right? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not answering them all, but I'm seeing them, right? And I'm praying, God, don't let them sleep. I'm wrecking you guys. So if you did 20, do 20 more. Uh-oh. If you're stuck at 14... Do 20 more. It's not about putting 20 on a list because that's what you think that's the most God will give you. Because all you have is a little. All you have is the little fishies and the, and, the, and the loaves of bread. All you have is a little bit of oil you have left. It's not you. It's what God already has in store. I'm telling you, there's things that I didn't even, I preached it, okay? I didn't put it on my list because I thought it was too big for God. And I felt bulldozed by the blessing. In the last couple of weeks, I'm seeing miraculous things happen in my family's life. And going back to what Pastor George said before, what if the 20, what if God is exaggerating the numbers in your life because they're not all meant for you? So if you're stuck at 14, take away from yourself and go, you know what, God? What does my neighbor need? What do you have in store for this person, that person? I tell you, one of the first things that were on my list, we talked about it, right? Well, God showed me a a miraculous movement in this church. Nothing to do with me. 
I earn nothing from seeing this church grow. I earn nothing by telling the leadership, get ready for full-time ministry. That means at the end of the year, I'm still stuck at a crappy job that I don't want to be at, but it doesn't, it wasn't for me. That's okay. But God has something for you. But now it's time. What I'm saying is that there's so much, right? Think about all the things that we're talking about. The jars, the food. There was so much left over every time. Listen to these stories that there was enough to be rich for the rest of their lives. Even the stories with the fish and the thing. There was 12 left over. When she got the oil, it says that it took care of not only her, her children, her sons. Think of the overflowing. That means you got too many. Give them away. Give them away. Keep getting, keep giving, keep giving, keep giving, and keep bringing the jars. And the Bible, each time it says what? As much as they what? As much as they wanted. Don't stop. If you don't believe it, don't stop. I could care less about all the things that keep getting in the way. Because trust me, there are plenty of things that I thought I gave up on on this list. And this is what, week three? Plenty of times I thought, forget it, God. It's just too much. And I keep waking up going, no, there's something. There's something. There's a rumbling. There's a rumbling in the worship this morning. There's a rumbling in, in, this, in this word today. There's a rumbling where God's like, I'm not letting go. Sorry. You can give up. You could have gave up maybe 2019, but not this year. There's some people that already gave up and God's saying, nope, not yet. This is going to happen. I believe it like with everything in me. I would put my life on it if I could. That there's a, a movement that's, gonna, that's falling like thick oil. Like thick oil. Like thick oil. If you need visuals, imagine that not an inch of space isn't covered by anointing. Imagine flood, water, water, water. And you know when there's raining so badly or like, like yesterday when it snowed so bad that even with you put your hoodie over your face or, or you try to cover it, but it feels like it's coming from down here. Imagine every inch and every angle being flooded with blessing, with miracle. It's hard to miss. Don't be stuck trying to miss it. We work harder trying to miss it, trying to figure out God's, God's way and God's this and God. Yeah, but you didn't do this for me. Forget that. That's, that's, that's foolishness. Don't let that be the consequence, the, the, the constant turning away from God today. What if we turned towards him and stood there and said, God, bless it. Have your way. Be taken by his wave and just flow. I know we think drowning is bad, but think about drowning and blessing and miracle. Think about drowning and not having control. Literally giving God control like a flood, like a wave. Stand with me. Let's just stand with me and bow your heads and close your eyes for a second. Right now, God of miracles, God of impossible things God who makes all things possible we pray that you have your way like a rushing wind that you take over like an uncontrollable tsunami wave of blessing 
right now, we're going to prof- prophetically make some declarations right now. I see houses right now. If you're that person, you're saying, God, I kind of believe in it. No, no, God's saying, I, be- I have the house for you. House, house, house right now. Closings in Jesus' name. I pray financial freedom right now in Jesus' name. I pray space right now. I'm hearing God say space, space. So I pray space right now. I, I, I hear anxiety and, I, and God saying, I'm coming against anxiety in this year. No longer will it take control over you anymore. Doubt. I hear doubt and God saying, I demolish doubt in the name of Jesus. It's gone. It's gone. Family, right now, get in this, get, get, get your head in this right now because this is not, there's some things that in life takes time, but God is saying, I'm doing it right now. Miracle. That tomorrow you won't suffer from this anymore. So what I'm saying to you right now is that if you're suffering with doubt, tomorrow it's gone. Right now it's gone. If you're suffering from anxiety right now in Jesus' name, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. If you need to come to the front, I don't care. Come to the front. But it's gone. Right now in Jesus' name, if you're suffering from fatigue, a physical illness, I'm saying right now healing in Jesus' name. Lord, I want to be flooded with emails from miracles and reports how the cancer is gone, how the illness is gone, the aching is gone in Jesus' name. I pray for bills paid and then some. I pray, Father God, that miracle after miracle after miracle right now, Lord. I pray healing in relationships right now. The people that you thought that were too far gone, too far removed, we've hurt each other too much. I pray healing in the name of Jesus right now. And it's already happening. It's already happening. It's in the works right now. I pray even if you are suffering from, from whatever physical thing, even if I'm talking about weight loss, guys. I'm talking, look at me. Ha, I'm 67 pounds down. I'm cute now. You know what I'm saying? God is saying it's possible. What you think is impossible, God has possibility over and over and over again. It's in the scripture. Stop doubting. Believe right now in Jesus' name. Lord, and I pray right now a rushing wind, Father God, of your anointing in Jesus' name. Father God, right now, I pray, Lord, that you don't miss an inch of this this congregation Flood us with your anointing, with your amazingness, Father God. Overflow it, Father God. Take us like a wave, Lord Jesus. Take control right now in Jesus' name. Right now in Jesus' name. And I'm just hearing God say, talk to me right now. Talk to me right now. Just give God your all right now. Tell God what you're believing for. Sing to him. Write new songs. Write poetry. Tell God right now what you need, what you, what, you, what you need to say right now. Because God is saying, I'm listening. I'm arms and ears wide open. My child, I am ears wide open. I already know what you need. I've already prepared the way. I just hear God saying that. It's done. It's prepared. In Jesus' name. 
I just feel an urgency in my spirit to share this with you. This week, I had no idea what Pastor George was going to preach. I had no idea Jason was going to get up here. um, Somebody called me, and they said to me, I had a dream. I had a dream with you in it. And I said, well, what happened? And there was an urgency in their voice. And they're not here today, but I know they'd be okay with me sharing this. They said, in the dream, they said, we had gathered for prayer here at the church. And there was a group of us. It was the leaders, as a matter of fact. All the leaders had gathered to pray. And she said that all of a sudden we began to mobilize and the church now was walking through this door. And as the church was walking through the door, she had a vision that there was water that was going to saturate the people of God. And she said, we walked in through this door and she said, when we got there, we walked into this arena. She said, now all of a sudden the church was an arena like, you know, Madison Square Garden or something like that. And she said, and the leaders were there and they were gathered in a circle. She said, but then the whole church joined. And she said, everybody was gathered together. And she said, as they held, everybody held hands. She said, all of a sudden the sprinkler system went off. And she said, there was water everywhere. She's like, now it wasn't just a sprinkle. She began to use the word saturate. And she goes, and everybody became saturated with the water. And she said, and, and, and she said, and Pastor George said in the dream, he kept saying, this was unrehearsed. This was unrehearsed because everybody somehow thought that there was some sort of rehearsal because of the timing, because we were all gathered and because we were all lifting up our voices in faith and praying and believing. And then you were urging people and you were saying, no, this was unrehearsed. This was unrehearsed. In other words, this was an act of God. This was something that could not have happened if we had planned at our very best. And so I feel an urgency in my spirit because I know that these may seem just like words to you. And maybe not. There's no judgment here. But what I'm saying is that there is a real move of God happening. This week, five people, no, is it five or about six? Five, six people in one week have come to me almost every single day to say, I had a dream with you in the church. I had a dream with you in the church. I had a dream with you in the church. And God is doing something in this house and we're gonna get saturated. That water is the washing of the word. That water is the word being brought forth. That word is being saturated. Faith, like Pastor George has been saying, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That this preaching, this prophetic word, these utterances are literally washing and saturating our doubt. That's why Jason can get up here and say, doubt will be no more and when you wake up tomorrow there will be no doubt not because he said it but because that is what the washing of the water of the word does and I declare in Jesus name as Jason has already declared it that there are going to be miracles that even this week there are going to be more miracles I've seen things happen in since the beginning of January that I never thought I would see things that I didn't even put on my list that this is my indication, this is how I know, and I believe and declare that you're going to have indications this week, that you're going to see miracles, you're going to see something, and when your eyes are awakened, and when your soul is awakened to it, grab it, like he said, that that, that was deep, let's not let anything rot, let's not let anything rot, the harvest is here, let's pluck up, let's by faith grab it, 
so that we can be a light so that we can share with the world all that God is doing. There's a purpose why God is pouring himself out to us like this. Let's grab a hold of it this morning. Amen.